Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome back. Hey, peeps. We're super excited today. We are interviewing, as my girls say, Jen Jones. (laughs) Every time I get- It's a movie star name. Yeah. (laughs) Every time I go, we're gonna, oh, I'm going to interview Jen Jones. They're like, Jen Jones? <laughs> Very sexy. <laughs> well, I met Jen through um, Freedom Movement, but Phyllis actually went to Freedom Academy with Jen, which is so ironic that we yeah. all ended up connecting. Um, she I know. Had- it's a threesome now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jen is a wife, a mom, an author, and a speaker, and she really helps people um, and point them toward their passion. And she also has a daughter named Addie, which we're going to talk about, and she advocates for differently abled kids. And I, I love that, the way that is said, differently abled. And so welcome to our show. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I do find it so Uh, I don't think it's random. It feels random sometimes, but I think it's actually quite divine how uh, Mm -hmm. relationships and paths intertwine. And here the three of us are, because yeah, I met Phyllis at a very um, poignant time in my, like a real, um, yeah, like a really poignant moment in my life in 2019, Um, the beginning of the end and the healing of some ends in my life and the beginning of some major breakthroughs in my life um, at Freedom Academy, yeah. which I know you guys are also getting yeah. ready to host one of those. So yeah. kind of cool. Can we just say that I think that that's so true? Like when you go through Freedom Academy, there are some breakthroughs that happen after you're right. done completing it, which is amazing. And everybody that I've talked to who has been through it says the same thing. So thank you for mentioning that for sure. So tell us a little bit about your story and we definitely want to hear about Addie for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, we'll talk about Addie and you know, it's, it's, uh, you said differently abled. I do choose that term, uh, cause she has abilities. They're just different. And at the end of the day, when it, like, I know the common term is special needs, but I've just kind of come to a place in my life where we all have special needs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's all of us, right? Special needs, but on a daily basis. <laughs> so, uh, but as it relates to it was 2004 and it was just time. I felt like it was time to have our first baby. We had, my husband and I had been married for three years. I was um, on the cusp of 30 and I sort of had this um, naive idea that you get married, build your career. We had kind of built a little career first, married, continued career, bought a condo, you know, had a car, now it's time to have the baby. Like, and then you just all wrap it up with a pretty little bow. Like, this is what I'm thinking about life. And it's fine. It's fine. It's good. This is what you do. And this is the next step. And so um, it just seemed like the right time. And I was really excited. I mean, it was more than just a check on the to-do list. I was excited. And I, I did all the things. 
I designed the nursery. I had the big baby shower. I washed and folded all the little clothes. Um, and I hung the name across the crib, you know, Addison Grace. That's her name. We call her Addie, but it was Addison Grace. And it was actually the only name we had ever chosen. I, I didn't actually have a long list with my first. I just sort of, I just knew. And I think for most, the birth of your first child, it's miraculous. It's, it's beautiful. It's like breathtaking. And mine was breathtaking for sure. And perhaps in hindsight, I can see it that it was, a, I mean, it's a miracle and it's beautiful. But in that moment, what took my breath away was the fact that as she was welcomed into this world, there was something wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. I did not, I was not anticipating that. I was not prepared for that. There was no indication that that was going to be that, mm -hmm. but it was evident and it sucked the air out of the room. And in a moment, I was, how could something that's supposed to be so good right now feel so bad? Yet I had no clarity. I had no definition. I really had no, no facts or knowledge. I just had a doctor who welcomed in a neonatal, uh, like NICU team, handed me my baby and told everyone to give me a minute to let me just bond for a second and then quickly took her from me and where they began to do whatever it was that they were doing in that moment, examining her, figuring out because everybody was now making it pretty clear there's something wrong. It was an unexpected arrival that I never saw mm. coming. I never saw it coming. And it was frantic. It was overwhelming. It was painful. It was heartbreaking. And it wasn't what you expected. And I think that when you were talking about just, you know, you had all these boxes checked, right? And I think I, I think as a Christian growing up too, like you kind of were like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's going to be perfect. And we're going to skip through the tulips and my life is going to look beautiful. And some guy, sometimes God changes the script on you. <laughs> the script was flipped. Yep. And I, I did learn as the days and weeks came and years, I would say that whole first year was a real, um, maturity of my faith process and, uh, personal growth in how to handle hard things. But I did learn that some of God's greatest gifts, they do actually come in what is seems to be a painful package. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I did have a <laughs> I now in hindsight I'm like, boy, that was really a toddler approach to Christianity. Right. And I had served the Lord a long time, but I did have this mindset of Jesus that was, I'm gonna do good for you. I love you, God. I love I love I have loved God all my life. I haven't always made all the right choices. Of course, I've made massive mistakes, but I always knew that I could go to him and he would forgive me, and then we're good. And I'm and now I'm gonna keep doing good for you, God, because I love you, God. And in turn, you do good for me. Mm. And that's our exchange. I do good. You do good. Got it. <laughs> Got it. And this moment was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm doing good here. God, you're not holding up on your end of the bargain. This is not good. We, uh, this is a division here for you and me. I don't know. We might be parting paths. I literally after, let's see, I was 30. So after probably 25 years of serving Jesus, I mean, I was, I was a pastor's wife. 
Like we were on staff at a church and I literally sat in these at children's hospital, actually in Orange County by you guys. And was like, we might be parting paths, Lord, because I've done good. And this is not, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. And this is full. Where are you? Where are you, God? I don't know. That's where I was at. And I think it's in that moment, those moments, um, you know, kind of that's, it's a pivotal place where you go, hmm, like, is this my faith or is this a faith that I've, like, where do you find your own journey, right? Like, I think we find our own journeys through the hurt and pain. And sometimes God is like, that's been great that you've, you know, served God your whole life and you've been with your family and the whole thing, but it's time to cut those strings and really stand on your own two feet. And I feel like that's what you're saying is that that was that moment where you could choose. You chose the road. hundred <laughs> percent. Cause in that it, it was a shattering of, um, there was a shattering of some of my belief, which it wasn't necessarily, I mean, we believe lots of things. It doesn't necessarily mean it's completely grounded in truth. Mm-hmm. So it was a shattering of some beliefs. It was definitely a shattering of what I expected, what I thought life quote should look like, like these, and God actually had more for me. What I was, what I had up until this point, what God had for me in the future was not all that God has. He had more, he had more. And it took a shattering Mm -hmm. for me to actually come to a place of surrendering to be able to receive the more. And so I should probably indicate that what did come next in those days to come was the, um, two things. One, Addie had some internal frailties that that enabled her to survive in utero, but then burst out into the real world, she would not be able to eat or breathe on her own. Mm-hmm. No longer connected to me, she could not eat and breathe on her own. So there was an emergency surgery that happened um, that like within 12 hours of her actual delivery. I actually was okay with that. Oh, Okay, well, you're going to fix that because doctors, that's what doctors do. They fix things. Okay, so there's a solution. Good. Okay. I still feel like something's off here, doctor. Tell me more. And that is when mm. they said, well, we're going to do this surgery. We have high hopes for the surgery. There's a couple of outcomes, but regardless, we think it's going to, she will be home hopefully within a month or so. Okay. It's my first baby. So I didn't know what to expect anyways about what coming home looked like. And then while we're at it, we're going to do some chromosome testing. That really was the end for me because I knew they meant that whatever was going on chromosomally, you can't fix chromosomes. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's a game changer. That shattered any thought of what was to come. My gut told me Down syndrome. That's what my gut, like intuitively, I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's probably the only chromosome abnormality I was even aware of. Mm-hmm. Honestly, one of the ones that, and I don't know, I don't want to say where all moms are at, but this mom, that was probably one abnormality that I was actually afraid of when I was pregnant. Yeah. That's like the, I mean, and so when that was then in fact, three days later after her surgery, the surgery did go really well. And then the three day later, the doctor, the geneticist came in pulled us aside with the NICU nurse, put up a little screen. Cause that's how they, that's how they give you privacy <laughs> in a, in a, in a NICU unit with a lots of little babies and lots of little incubators. And she determined, we want you to know that Addison Grace has trisomy 21, which is better known as down syndrome. Mm-hmm. 
And there was a grace that swept in three days later. And I have learned that grace is really when God enables you to do things, sustain you, hold you in ways that you could never do on your own. So do I think that you get more that you can handle in life? I do. I actually don't. I actually think you get more than you can handle because there is a good loving God that wants to handle it for you with you. And I, I had a grace in that moment that enabled me to go to breathe. Go. Okay. And I moved from why God to now what? Now what? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Whoo. so kind of, kind of triggering. Cause I, I, um, took me back to my baby boy too. So, um, who didn't make it in through the NICU. So, um, yeah, just those thoughts of, uh, it's funny because you and Rhonda come from a Christian background and I don't. Mm-hmm. So, um, while you guys were asking why God, I was thinking, well, God just hates me <laughs> and that's why he's doing this. So it's those two different things, but in a way it's almost the same, right? You have those feelings of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. Why am I not being favored? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I hear in your voice is like, I should be favored. You know, I've done all the, I've checked all the boxes and done all the right things. But when you come down to it, whether being a Christian or not being a Christian, when that, that road hits you, it is, um, it is the fork in the road of like where you find grace and where you find, um, decisions to be made where it's not just about the selfish things that you want and um checking all the boxes to make sure your life looks perfect it's like now you got to do the hard work (laughs) really what life is about which is we have these ups and downs of things that i love when you said there are things that you feel like you can't handle i don't like when people go well god just gives you what you can handle who said i could handle like you know, this, that's a crazy thing. And so I think it's so beautiful the way you said, like, it's kind of like when we are weak, he is strong, right? So Mm -hmm. we feel like we can't handle it and we have to give it over to him. So, I mean, how many times did you have to do that over and over during that, you know, this whole process? Um, So what were, I want to know, like when this happened, with the ch- within the church, like what were some of the struggles? What were some of the things, misconceptions maybe that came from uh, good meaning people, <laughs> but maybe not the right um, choice of words or the right. way it. Oh goodness, yes. Well, meaning people. On that. <laughs> um. Okay. So yeah, I I did grow up in church. I and I actually for the most part, always had a real, I mean, I think I had a personal relationship with God. Obviously, like you were saying, there's like, um, you borrow Mm -hmm. some of your like family of origins, religion (laughs) or, you know, right. So, um, but I, I think some of the hardest, there were some people in my, in my life um, extended family, um, a few generate, maybe like even a generation before, like my parents, 
um, other like leaders in churches that I had been in that I didn't want to tell because I thought they were going to tell me it was sin in my life. Mm. Wow. That's going back. That's pretty historic. It's probably not as historic as I would like to imagine. Probably 70s, 80s way of thinking. Totally. That there was like, I I had done something. Mm -hmm. I had done something. um, And this was a result because sin has consequences. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I... I was just going to say, Jen, it's funny because, you know, with Phyllis not having the church background, it's interesting because we all have, it doesn't matter whether you're in church or not in church. The fact is, is you feel like I did something wrong and God is punishing me, period. Like it doesn't matter what walk of life you've come through. And, you know, in some cases, people may never believe because they feel like God isn't a good God. And for us, it might have been we're going to walk away, you know. So I think that's very interesting. Yeah, that the sin yeah. of life, yeah. And I think I, well-meaning. I mean, because I also did blame myself. Like I was like, did I do something wrong in pregnancy? Like, is this mm-hmm. is this a direct result of something I've done? I I did not believe that it was like that was not necessarily was it was God that I was like, man. Some people believe that, and so I'm scared. I also, um, I I just think so much of it is because. When life is hard, as much as we want to believe in an elevated perspective and trust in something like heaven and eternal thinking and our feet are poured in concrete. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so therefore it's hard to have an elevated perspective when our boots are on the ground and we're walking in the midst of really challenging circumstances. I just knew that I hit a new low in my life at that time and I couldn't stay there. Mm -hmm. I didn't, it wasn't serving me well to, I mean, I I couldn't pull myself out. I couldn't pull myself out and as painful and as difficult as it was for me to understand how this happened, how did we get here? Wait, wait, how did I get here? This is not the life I planned. And like, I have a vision board. I've always had a vision board. So like, this is, this was not on it. Right. So, but something in me longed to believe I, I had a longing. So there was still desire there. There was still this nudge. The Holy spirit was still like, I'm not gone from you. I'm in you. I know you're doubting me. That's okay. I, I long to believe that this baby was actually a gift from God. And somehow this could be good. This could be good. There is a passage of scripture that I clung to, that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. This this was a gift handed to me. Like, it is a miracle. I did birth a baby. That is miraculous. That is of God. I, I knew that. So I'm like, okay, every good and perfect gift. This is could not be more imperfect in my mind. A guy's hindsight. She's 17 now. I mean, she's as good as he gets. I just didn't know that yet. <laughs> she's amazing. I love watching the video. I loved her workout video the other day. I was like, oh, girl. I did. Oh, I don't even yeah. work out that hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, so I, but in that moment, like, I didn't know. Yeah. And that's part of the goodness of God. He's like, I know you don't. Come on take another step. And it was like walking a tightrope. I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't have this like epiphany, like, oh, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Amen. Yes, let's go. I, it was a tightrope. Grace and faith was a tightrope for me. Like at any moment I fell, we're going to fall off the side. We're going to fall off and it's going to be ugly down there. Cause I feel like I am 
on top of two high buildings get trying to get across to the yeah. other side yeah. one step in front of the other and i do feel that that is like the beauty of like holding hands with the grace of god and her middle name is grace it was planned to be grace before that i actually did have considerations of changing her name that's how there's a part of me that my flesh was loud my mm-hmm. my like cultural expectations, societal norms was like on me because I'm like, well, this is not the baby that I thought I was having. This is far from the Addison Grace that I envisioned. Should I change her name? That was like a whole other thing. I did not. But Grace was always planned because again, every good and perfect gift comes from a God from above. Now, I don't believe like hard things happen. Genetic abnormalities happen because of life. Yeah. Not but God does something really good with our life when we hold hands with his grace and allow him to guide us on the tightrope of life to see us to the other side. And then it's really good, really good. That is such an amazing story. And I love that you share about the humanness of it because I think so many times we want to brush over, like I have these thoughts, I have these feelings and people want to pretend they don't like, no, really, I'm okay. Really, it's all it's all good. God's good about, you know, God's good. Um, but I love that you you do say like you had human feelings of disappoint disappointment. I mean, that's what it was. It was disappointment. Not that she's a disappointment, but it was disappointment. So did yeah. significant sisterhood start from there or was, yeah, let's talk a little Fascinating. bit. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. To your point, I do think that that like um, th- this moment, with Addie is the point that I did learn how honest I could be with God, that he could handle my humanness. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just had to be willing to be fragile with him. Right. I don't have to like, and again, another like kind of theological shift happened in me. Like, Oh, I can be fragile with God. Like God already knows I'm fragile, but giving myself permission to be super yeah. fragile with him and honest with him and raw was life changing. And it's really, really connected me and him I mean, yes, he is my father and he is my leader and he is like king. He's also my friend. <laughs> and I've really enjoyed that friendship um, over, over the years. And so significant, the entire concept of the, it started as like just a conference. Now it's a whole sisterhood. That's like a private Facebook group. I do um, six weeks, like uh, coaching groups um, on really, the significant life, creating a life you love on the foundation of faith. And I do believe that so much of it was as a result of the the new value, the new hope, the new perspective that God gave me when I had Addie. Because I think some of what was a real challenge for me was I love life and I love people. And I actually thought now that I had this daughter that was differently abled, that was not the societal norm, that maybe wouldn't be able to do some things in life that I had thought, this is what a child does. This is what I've been able to do. She would have limitations or differently abled. I thought that meant insignificant life. Mm. Uh, Rejection of relationship, rejection of experience, diminished worth to the world. And so that I remember that when we finally were released from the hospital, you know, holding her and going through that threshold with the doors opening and me going, okay, world, here we come, Lord, help. And I remember him saying so vividly, you just go and show the world through Addie what I think counts, mm. what really matters. 
And that is, it does not matter what you do. It does not matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how popular the status that all of the, those, your, your degrees, your things, those are good things. And they're the path for a lot of people, myself included, but that is not what actually gives you intrinsic worth and meaning. I, God, I say what's significant and this little girl matters. So go tell everybody because then everybody can go, oh, I'm worthy. I'm worthy simply because I'm a child of the King. And so that became (laughs) deep in me. And now I have launched all these things. So to your question, yeah, I think so much of the mission that the Lord has led me on and I have pursued and am passionate about is because of a little girl named Addie Grace that taught me what real significance actually is. Yeah. And, you know, that's interesting because I, you know, I look at, like, I look at Phyllis and had she not had her son Linton, she wouldn't have been on her journey to her faith. You know, had I not had Tiana who, you know, I had to give back just three hours after her birth, I would not be on the journey that I'm on today. And I think sometimes we get so stuck in the dark moments and we're in the dirt and we can't see sunlight, but I I love to say that like, in the darkness is where the best things grow. And I mean, I just, you know, this is the the month of hope. So April is the national month of hope. And I just think that so much of what we step into is being hopeful for what's to come next. And if we get stuck in the place of like, woe is me, victim mentality, God's finished with me, God's done with me, we don't get to the other side where we see the beauty in it. And so, or in the significance in it. Um, right. So yeah, I, I totally agree that. Wow. Shook me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do cry over here. Lady. <laughs> I know you're getting I'm so tired. emotional. I'm like, Oh, stop. <laughs> well, I, I like what you were saying about the dark and what God can do with us in, in, in the dark and in those hard moments and that, you know, being stuck and, and how challenging, um, that could be. And I don't like going through those dark moments. I still don't like love it. What I have learned is like, oh Lord. Okay. Um, and I don't, I, yes, there's purpose in our pain and all of those things, but it's just more about the, the encounter that we end up having with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he shows up, right. He's a ever present help in time of trouble. One of the translations of that scripture says he's a very present help in time of trouble. Like, so when you're in trouble, like God's always near, but when you're in trouble, he's like very near. Yeah. And like things are really hard when it's dark. He's ever present. He's not just present. He's like real present. And then when you cling to him, you, you, be, you get so deeply connected to him. And that is, ends up what kind of like that grace ends up enabling you to do things you cannot do in your own and you move forward and it becomes a part of your mission that 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 connection with him if you like you guys are willing to share it and not um we don't hide in the shame of it or the doubt of it or the discouragement. We like find the healing and connection with him and then we begin to share it it ends up becoming our 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 purpose and our passions and our calling and a primary way in which we help others find freedom as well and healing and hope and all the things. So yeah, no, I love what you're saying there. Cause it's so, so true. And once we grasp that, I mean, my goodness, imagine. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one of the beautiful things about getting older, (laughs) there's not a lot, but (laughs) there's some good stuff. The thing that um, I'm learning this last few years is my oldest daughter has two kids now. And um, I constantly think um, from losing my son, I just, I ended up having two daughters. Right. And so I was like, well, you know, I didn't get that experience of having a boy and you know, I kind of mourned that a little bit. And then my daughter had her firstborn was a son. And there is this, I can't even tell you, there's this connection where, and I heard God telling me, I brought you back a boy, mm. get to see like how to raise and, and I get to see her do it in a whole new way, which is so beautiful. I keep telling her, you're a much better mom than I was, <laughs> but it's like, he, it's though if you wait long enough and you get to witness like these things, it's like you get back, it's not the same, but you get back these beautiful things that he's, I heard him whisper, you know, like, this is your boy, you know, this is your little boy. You get to see this little boy, you get to raise up this little boy to see what that's like. And I just have such a connection with this little guy. It's so and so, um, but then she just had a girl four months ago and I'm like, oh, I get the girly stuff. So walking through that dark tunnel when you feel like I'm not going to make it through, you know, you said something about, you know, that God is near when you dig in, but it's like, you have to dig in because I know some people that pull away. And so it's like, that's what I teach people too. It's like, you've got to dig into that dark tunnel. You got to walk through that dark tunnel because there are a lot of blessings on the other side. And, you know, 37 years, I can say that that has happened. And so it's such a beautiful place to look back through the history and go, you know, he did carry me through those mm-hmm. times and we trudged through the the gunk of the tunnel. Right. And now it's like, I'm getting to see this beautiful side, um, on the, on the light side, the other end of it, which is just so nice to be at that place and know that we survived, you know, that time when you just feel like, am I going to, am I going to survive this? I don't know. Like it's those moments, you know, that I think everyone goes through that one pivotal thing in your life where you just go, okay, this could break me. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you saying, hang on. Yeah. And uh, I think the beautiful thing about hanging on, I mean, hang on, like, like hold on to his hand of grace. So it's not even that I had a ton of strength to muster. Like it was more just like, okay, I'll hang on. I'll grip on to your grace. I got like, cause I can't, I can't, like, I don't even have it in me to pull myself up and I'm a pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps type of girl. Historically. Mm-hmm. I like, I remember saying to my husband on one of the drives home from like the NICU, cause she was there for a while. So we didn't have a baby, you know, that was coming home with us. And I remember driving home one day and saying, are we ever going to laugh again? Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I'd ever smile or laugh again. I mean, I, I feel guilty that. when you do. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, right. Yeah. Right. So it was like, and now I'm like the very thing that I thought broke our laughter brings the majority of the laughter in this home. So I'm so glad I hung on. Yeah. I'm so glad I like, hang on, hang on. And you're not alone. 
You're hanging on to him. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I don't know if we'll ever understand it all. I don't know if he'll be like, oh, that's why. It'll never like the whole, like, this is life. And it wraps up with a pretty little bow on the top that I thought I was on the path for. And that was the trajectory. I don't know that that ever, that's like, who who said that? Cinderella. Like, yeah. it's not, it's a fairy tale. It is a fairy tale. Princess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but like, um, so it's, it's not even that you'll have it all figured out. It's not even hanging on so that it all makes sense. It's just hanging on so that hanging you can on. reap the rewards and the benefits mm-hmm. and all the beauty that God would like to do in you and through you and around you and in this circumstance. And sometimes that comes in the form for you. What I'm hearing is unexpected. A, a grandson, a grandson. And, but God will do what he says he will do, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, oh my gosh, thank you. That that was, that was so beautiful. Like I feel like this, this conversation has my heart just all wrapped up today. (laughs) I'm like trying to hold my tears back, but we do have one last question for you, which is what would you tell your 22 year old self? My goodness. My favorite question. (laughs) Um, it's going to be better than you think. Don't be so hard on yourself. But it's going to be better than you think. It's going to be better than you think. Um, I didn't believe that in all of the moments. I thought I thought all of the moments were periods, mm-hmm. not commas. They're commas. Mm-hmm. There are stories still being written. It's going to be better than you think. Love that, Jen. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. Can you please tell everyone on 24 Karat Conversations where they can find you, how they can connect with you, how they can join your significant sisterhood Facebook page? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, primarily, I'd say the main two ways to connect with me, Instagram, I'm Jen Jones times four with like an X. Uh, I have four kids, <laughs> Jen Jones times four. And then my website is jenjonesdirect.com. Um everything like to join the sisterhood or the coaching group or any of those things. It's all right in those two places, the link in the bio on Instagram, you can plug into the private Facebook group and then all the information for all the other things I offer are also on my website. So thank you so much for joining us. And I do encourage you to join the um, significant sisterhood group. I'm part of it and I love it. And we did our little Easter 21 day thing, which was really fun. So um, thank you so much for being on today. And 24 Carat Tribe, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share to our Facebook page, 24 Carat Conversations. And until next time, friends, sparkle on. Bye.